This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. We have a special guest, Carisha Martinez, Whole Whale Digital Advertising Fellow, newly newly hired as a fellow to Whole Whale. And then, Carisha, we thought it'd be a good idea to immediately send you to one of the larger conferences in the country. <laughs> Can you explain where, where you just got back from? Yeah, so just recently this past weekend, I went to Afrotech, um, which is Blavity's annual tech conference designed specifically for black and brown people in the tech industry. It's one of the larger conferences dedicated to tech for black and brown people in the nation. About 6,000, I would say, participants this year. It's been growing exponentially since its inception. Um, I think the first conference had about 250 people, and now we're in the higher thousands. So definitely growing. Um, and it was a great time. <laughs> Thank you so much for sending me. Yeah, where uh, where was it? Or Oakland this year, actually. They've just signed for two years in Oakland. Tell us what some of the major themes were Afrotech. Yeah, so Afrotech is set into three different paths, I guess you could say. Um, entrepreneurship, leadership, and design. And a large portion of it, entrepreneurship and leadership, is dedicated to a lot of venture capitalism and, of course, entrepreneurship and the promotion of Black and brown people as the starters of companies and leaders in the tech industry. The other path is design, um, which a lot of the tech part comes from. Um, And that includes a lot of product managers, UX, UI, designers from a lot of the major companies in the nation. I think the major partnerships that they have are Amazon, Google, consulting companies, um, things like that. And I think you also went to some more social impact sessions. Is that correct? Yes. So this year um, they partnered with the KPOR Center located in Oakland um, for the first time. And the KPOR Center, which was 15 minutes away from the main campus of the conference, had day-long sessions that were dedicated to social impact and tech specifically. Luckily, I was able to go. (laughs) And uh, I went to the tech and public impact portion of it. Uh, I was able to sneak into a couple throughout the day. A lot of it was really talking about tech for good, similar to what we we do, advertising for good. And my session focused on Code for America, as well as some internal parts of the government that were dedicated to really, I guess, promoting tech in the government to make it easier for citizens to navigate, especially on the web. One of the sessions was dedicated to looking at student loans and finances for younger people and making it easier to navigate your student loans, figure out whether you're defaulted or not. Code for America's portion of the session was dedicated to talking about criminal records and criminal justice reform. Marijuana was just recently legalized in some parts of the nation. Um, And a lot of the criticism for that law is that a lot of black and brown people have been incarcerated for very minor amounts of marijuana. And for some of these charges, now that marijuana is now legalized, you can clear your record, basically. Um, And what Code for America does is make it easier to one, know that you can clear your record of such charges and to make it easier for yourself and now the government to clear it for you. That's some great use of tech. And it seems like it's technology that bundles together the like, I'm sure what are cumbersome government forms and just streamlines it and, and pushes it through. Oh, well done, Code for America. I love those folks. Yeah. We should go try to chase them down for a podcast. Yeah, um, the woman who gave her part of the session, Aaliyah, she was really great. Well, All right. We'll see if we can do it. 
All right, Krisha, you also talked to some, I guess, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, people on the street, anyone who talked to you. Uh, tell us about <laughs> what we're about to hear, Krisha, in the field podcast segment. Yeah, I guess exciting person I was able to speak to was the founder of WakandaCon, which is basically Comic-Con for Black and Brown people. Obviously, it was based off of Wakanda, which is the center of Black Panther, um, one of Marvel's newest movies. And um, basically, Dave's vision for that was to create a space where Black and Brown people can really feel safe in, quote unquote, being a nerd. <laughs> a lot of testimonies that come from going to Comic-Con and these nerdy, geeky kind of spaces is that they can be very racist, to be quite frank especially for women who have reported sexual abuse and sexual assault, um, black and brown people as a whole being uh, ridiculed and honestly just objectified to a lot of racial insensitivities. Um, he wanted to create a space in Chicago specifically um, where, pe where black and brown people um, can just be their nerdiest, geekiest selves. <laughs> um, and what I really like about how he runs his convention is that a lot of it is run by and for Black women. Um, so it's really marketed for them, by them. Um, and a lot of their rules for their space is prioritizing Black women specifically, um, which I think is really great, especially when thinking about places like Comic-Con and even video gaming and things like that. Um, racial insensitive insensitivities are one of the first things that come up um, when any type of friction or conflict comes about. So. I look at the sort of success of an Afrotech over time and a short amount of time to become a conference of that size. Anyone who has run a conference, attended a conference, uh, should know that it is incredibly hard to get humans to show up. And so mm -hmm. to have, you know, what seems like an oversubscribed audience pretty consistently mm -hmm. signals that there is tremendous market need that when you're looking around, this is like the show in town when you're looking for this audience, this, uh, this type of programming. Mm -hmm. Are there other conferences like this? Uh, how, how should, and I can rephrase this, how should nonprofits think about expanding where they send their teams for, for outside learning, for, you know, in real life learning conferences, that type of meetups uh, with this lens? Mm. Um. Well, to answer the first part of your question, I'm not really sure of other conferences or conventions that are aimed at black and brown people, specifically in tech. Um, we make up a very small portion of the, I guess, pie chart <laughs> that are tech companies, um, specifically looking at design and especially leadership positions. Um, but in terms of nonprofits, I would say that in my own experience of being in a nonprofit prep for prep and also applying for nonprofits, I think the problem, which was spoken a lot about Afrotech comes from, yes, companies are hiring a lot of more black and brown people, but that comes after huge expansion. So when it comes to having more employees that are not white and or Asian, um, it becomes a lot harder for employees or for companies to hire diversity, basically, where one, they're not tokenized, and two, they are put in positions where they can move up the ladder. Um, and especially in my own nonprofit, Prep for Prep, a lot of the criticism comes from the fact that 
a lot of the people in the higher up positions are not the people that they are serving. So I think one of the first problems that can be addressed is hiring more Black and Brown people in nonprofit companies, in tech positions specifically. And I think that once that happens, then a lot of employees will speak for themselves on the way that these problems can be remedied. Yeah. Sorry for, like, it's like a convoluted question. I'm like trying to get closer to one, do you think there's just going to be more of these opportunities or does it make more sense for existing conferences, frankly, to create more safer spaces so that it doesn't need to be like, all right, if you are black or brown, you go to this one conference and then nothing else. Is, is that the right way or is this? I mean, I definitely think that there is a lot of value in having safe spaces. One, just for comfortability and storytelling, um, where you don't have to give an entire spiel about the backdrop of your story. Like People just kind of get it. But two, I also think in terms of, I guess, integration in a way, the first step into including Black and Brown people in these more not centered for us conferences is to center us and put people who are organizing the conference in these organizing positions. Because I think that when the room is a little bit more homogenous, it's harder to find these problems because the people in the room haven't really had these problems. So when organizers and leaders who have had similar experiences to me and the people who went to Afrotech, they'll have the solutions. So I guess I would say really just putting black and brown people in the room of not just employees, but also leaders and organizers would really make it a lot easier to tackle these problems. So you mentioned hiring more diversity, keeping an eye toward that in, in tech and obviously across the you know makeup of an organization staff. What is your best tip, best takeaway, maybe something you learned at Afrotech, something super practical that someone listening right now interested in, you know, frankly, including more voices and a diversity in pipeline, because that's what people point to, like, we would love to hire, but our pipeline is, you know, what it is. Honestly, I think it would just be to do your research. I feel like the pipeline kind of excuse is a little invalid because of how many nonprofits organizations are working to prepare black and brown students to be in tech and design and marketing and advertising. Me, myself, I'm part of Prep for Prep that puts low-income black and brown students from New York City into the most prestigious private schools. And there are about five other programs that are doing the same thing, just with a different name. And the same goes, I think, for tech. One of my good friends is a part of MAPE, which is a marketing, advertising, tech, HR development program aimed at black and brown college students who put them into these corporate spaces, get them internships and land them a job. And I'm sure there are about five other programs that are doing the same thing with a different name. So really just yeah. doing your research. Do your homework. Program. Have yeah. you tried trying? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so we're going to jump into the interviews. Anything else people should know? Obviously, you're, you're running around the field, Mike, grabbing people that you just met bravely, asking them questions. <laughs> we're going to jump into it unless there's anything else that you want to brace people for here. I ask everybody basically the same question, which is why do you think Afrotech is important? And I think everybody gave an answer from a different perspective, but that all led to the same answer, which was community and having a network of people that are there that understand what you're doing, um, what you're experiencing and giving you advice. 
I will. Nice to meet you. Can you tell me who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Yes. So my name is Will McLemore. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um, I work for Intuit as a supportability specialist on ProConnect Tax Online. I'm the liaison between customer success and our development. Cool, cool. And can you tell me why you think coming to Afrotech is so important? I think it's really important to connect with other people who look like me that are in the world of tech um, to get ideas and collaborate on um, how we can be developed better um, as a culture. And what are you most excited for while being here? Um, I'm most excited with connecting with people like yourself. Um, just standing in this line, we've already discussed so much um, about our roles at our current jobs, how we got there, um, what it was like for us um, kind of growing up a little bit, and um, what our goals are for the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, I'm Tiffany Black. Can you just tell me your name, where you're from, what you do? Great, great. Tiffany Black, born in Hackensack, New Jersey, raised in Harlem, New York. I work in marketing for Airbnb. Okay, cool. And as an OG attender of Afrotech, can you tell me a little bit about the growth that you've seen over the past four years? Yeah, so Afrotech has exponentially grown. So the first year was like 200, 250 of us. Second year was 2,000. Third year was between four and 6,000. And this year it's between six and 10,000. So Clearly, it's scaled every year as more and more people have learned about it and are able to come out and attend. Yeah, and how do you think that getting bigger has made Afrotech even better? Well, one, it shows that uh, companies are always saying there's not enough of a pipeline of minorities for them to tap into to work in tech. Uh, so having an event like this shows like we're out here, we exist, we're interested, we're skilled, and you know we're, we want to be at these companies. So it definitely brings a lot of people together to show that to the industry as a whole. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Yes. Hi, Dave. It's so nice to meet you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, so can you tell me your name, what you do, and a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is David Barthwell. I am the founder of WakandaCon, which is a three-day Afrofuturistic convention focusing on art, community, technology, and self-expression. And I'm from Chicago, and that's where we hold the convention. Awesome, awesome. And can you talk a little bit more about Afrofuturism and the importance of it in black lives and also in the workplace? Yeah, so Afrofuturism is a lens that we can use to examine the past, the history of Africans within the diaspora, black people within the diaspora, uh, the present, sort of the current lives, right, of black people, and also examining the future. Uh, where do we want to go? Where do we want to see? Uh, what sort of hopeful futures do we envision for black people? I believe that Afrofuturism, Afrofuturism is a framework that we can use uh, to examine the work that we do. Right? And we can use it to influence the decisions that we make to create better and more hopeful and more prosperous futures for black people. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hi. Um, so just tell me your name, a little bit about yourself, and where you're from. Hi, my name is Ivy Majeko-Dumi. Um, I am from Chicago. I live in Chicago. I work for TradeShift. Uh, we're a startup, more of a uni unicorn, let's say, startup e-commerce marketplace platform. Awesome. And can you tell me the importance of why you think Afrotech should be in place and the importance of black people in tech in general? Yeah, I think Afrotech is imperative to just First, community. Um, the black presence in tech is minimal, and it is just nice to be in a space um, with people who look like you and who are going through similar things. And then also, um, there's just a lot of information here. From it doesn't matter if you're an engineer, product design, marketing, 
there's something for everyone to, to learn. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Hi. Hi. Um, just tell me your name, where you're from, and a little bit about yourself. Sure. My name is Autumn Brian Williams. I'm from Los Angeles. Um, I live and work in Los Angeles and in different parts of the world. And I work as an art advisor and entrepreneur. Awesome. Awesome. And I know a lot of your work deals with the intersection of fine art and tech. Can you tell me a little bit about the importance of that, especially in the professional world and also just personal black lives in general? Yeah, yeah. I think that the intersection of fine art and technology is, it exists, and I think that it's very important right now because the world is rapidly changing. So the types of skills that we need to be able to keep up in a rapidly changing world are changing as well. So the types of skills that are reinforced through fine art, technology, and their intersection, I believe, are skills like collaboration, communication, um, co-working, creativity, critical thinking. And that's why I think that uh, the intersection of those two worlds is so important. And I think that fine art and technology are extremely important for black people because those are different ways that we can express our narrative, control our narrative, and be seen and see ourselves as fully realized human beings. Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Of course. Thank you. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grants, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, we really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses. That's wholewhale.com slash university. Karisha, thank you so much. Uh, that was great. You you got humans to talk to you. Uh, well done. Uh, now we're going to go into our rapid fire round. Uh, are you prepared? As prepared as I'll ever be. <laughs> what is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year? I'm not sure if it's in the last year, but I really like Asana. <laughs> Uh, I think Asana is really great at tasking at work and really keeping yourself organized and honestly in a list, which is just what I love. What is a tech issue you are currently battling with? Facebook manager and getting it to do the things <laughs> that I want it to do. What is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? I would say finishing up my first year out of undergraduate and really figuring out what I want to do with my life. Talk about a mistake that you made earlier in your career or education that shapes the way you do things now? Procrastinating. <laughs> I've procrastinated a lot and it's really bite me in the butt. So learning how to not do that or at least do that in a more productive way. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? No. If I were to throw you in the hot tub time machine back to when you started at college, what advice would you give yourself? Do not skip class. What is something you think you or your organization should stop doing? I think I should stop going to bed very late. If I were to give you a Harry Potter style wand to wave across the industry, what would it do? Hire more black and brown people in positions of leadership. What advice would you give current college grads looking to enter the social impact sector? Be honest about why you want to work in social impact, because I think it'll take you a lot farther than if you didn't. What career advice did your parents give you that you either followed or didn't follow? My mom always told me not to make waves, and I didn't follow that. 
And that's how I got to Afrotech. <laughs> There we go. Alrighty. The final question usually is how do people find you? How do people help you? But you work at Whole Whale, but I want to call out really quickly that I feel like you are trying to do a little bit of conference gathering meetups in New York. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that side hustle? Yeah. So my side hustle is with two of my really good friends. Shout out to Charles and Kelly. And our little startup is called Media Haven. Um, right now we're in version 4.0, but it's basically aimed at, again, fostering community um, within recent graduates and young professionals working in corporate America, um, specifically black and brown. Um, so we're based in New York City, still in our planning stages, but next year we're hoping to have about one event per quarter. So keep an eye out. Great. So if you are in, just to be clear, the New York City metro area, Media Haven, uh, we'll be coming out with uh, events, plural, uh, to be attended. And mm -hmm. I think it is a, a great goal to bring people together in real life, IRL, in, mm -hmm. a, in a landscape of, you know, online social commentary, non-connective uh, pieces. So uh, anything we can do to help, again, Media Haven, where do people find that? You just Google that you and hope for You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at media.haven, M-E-D-I-A dot H-A-V-E-N. And also mediahaven.org. Media, that's a good URL. Nice job. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Carisha, thank you for tolerating my uh, somewhat wandering questions. Well done. Thanks for attending Afrotech and letting us uh, letting us get to, to sit alongside. Yeah, thanks for sending me, hearing me out, and listening as I talk about my trials and tribulations. <laughs>